Limitless Wrestling fans, it's another edition of the Limitless Wrestling Podcast coming to your ears wherever you may get your podcast on Spotify, on Podbean, on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else. All you gotta do is hit subscribe, hit download, leave a review, all that good stuff. John Alba here, joined by the czar of Limitless Wrestling, Mr. Randy Carver. Randy, what is cooking? What's going on, man? Uh, excited to have a fun conversation with uh, our boy D.L. Hurst today. Yes, we are going to have a conversation with our boy D.L. Hurst. He joins us now on this edition of the Limitless Wrestling Podcast. And it's always good to have someone hop on board as long as they are literate and articulate, which I can't say is every Limitless Wrestling fan. But alas, D.L. Hurst, wow. you know I'm a big fan of yours. How are you? I've heard, I've heard. I actually, I'm putting the final touches on my uh, Alba Star Search video. Excellent. I, I know you've been looking for it, but I, I want to make it perfect because you're anticipating it, you know? Yes. This is good, Randy, isn't this? Yeah. John has been waiting for this ever since he dropped the challenge. He's like, oh, I can't wait for the Dark Horse to make a video for me. It's well, true. You, did, you threw a uh, little insult at me over Twitter when I got my certification recently about your boy Mac Daniels. I don't know. Listen. It was out of love. I I think as as I proposed. Did you see this tweet, Randy? I did not. So he 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 got a certification, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And I was like, "Oh, you're you're catching up to Mac Daniels or something like that." And <laughs> and but then and then he was like, then Hearst was like, "All well, ride was a gif of a bridge being burned." And I said, "Listen here." And I said, "Listen, I'm all in on this. I, I can find the." I can find the exact tweet here because it was a good <laughs> one. I said, uh, things can be smoothed over. Here's a pitch for you. A Simon Dean-esque tag team based around personal training, except you don't suck like Simon Dean. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Wow. So can, um, we, can we make that happen, Randy? I don't know. We need to get a couple of those fucking little scooters of Simon Dean. That was the best part of Simon The scooters. Dean. <laughs> the scooter. I imagine that. Randy Carver was a Simon Dean fan, and that's the bigger problem here. So, <laughs> if I was a Simon Dean fan, I think I'd be in much better shape. <laughs> this is this is true. This is true. Anyway, DL Hurst joins us here on the Limitless Wrestling Podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about his career, take some questions from you, the fans, and get into all that good stuff. So let's get down to it. It's our first time uh, chatting with you in a while. And you, you've kind of been on the recovery train for the better part of the last year. First off, how are you feeling, and, and what has it been like trying to get back in the swing of things? Well, currently I'm feeling great because I've only bumped a few times since uh, the whole quarantine thing started, and that's only, like, falling in my kitchen. Um, but other than that, you know, like, even since the comeback of when I broke my leg a few years back, I feel great. Like, I'm comfortable, like, I'm coming into my own, um, you know, it took me a bit, you know, to get comfortable again and, like, get my feet under me, but I'm feeling good. Like, my, obviously, my leg still hurts. Well, both of my legs actually hurt a little bit, but, you know, it happens. That was interesting what you just said. Uh, I, I didn't mean to cut you off was... there, Randy. I, I want to follow up on what he just said real quick, though, because he said, he said that, he feels good that he's not bumping where I feel like we hear all the time with pro wrestling, like you got to keep your body calloused and everything. And then uh, you become out of sorts if you're not getting those reps. So you haven't found that to be an issue so far yet. Well, no, um, I've recently uh, been able to train at an undisclosed location um, and taken, you know, a few bumps here and there. And it really hasn't been bad, you know, like running the ropes, obviously it's going to take, you know, you get that little bruise, on your lat and your ass, but, oh, sorry. Um, but you, um, you know, you get used to it. You get used to it again. And luckily this time it's, it's pretty quick. It's pretty quick getting back into it. It's just going to get the comfortability. That's going to be the tough thing for me because being off for four months, obviously wrestling two, three times a week, you get used to it, you know, like you get used to the sense of, okay, I got to be ready for this weekend. And I haven't had to do much of that even for anything over the past three months. So I want to go, go way back before we dive into any more, um, because I'm sure like, I think a lot of people are in your shoes right now where 
you know, you, you've had this, what you said, four months or so away from wrestling where you haven't taken a bump, you haven't run the ropes. Uh, it's all kind of feeling, I don't want to say new again, but it's, it's, it's a whole new experience when you've been out for so long. And I'm sure that you more than some other people have experienced at this, having the injury, being out for a long extended period of time. Uh, do you feel like the injury in terms of like the pandemic happening now and no wrestling happening, do you feel like it kind of helped you prepare for a time frame like this and like how to keep your mind right and what to keep doing to keep moving forward? I never thought of it that way, but I'm sure it did. Um, because I was out from, I think, July 13th until my first match back was February 1st. Um, so I didn't have a lot of preparation for anything in that time either. So, I mean, I guess it kind of kept me ready for it. But um, I guess it's both both things weren't expected, I guess, but it's under different circumstances. At least I can walk around in this situation. Right. <laughs> that, that, is, that is certainly a good thing. Well, uh, you, you really have found yourself in a situation where you have been forced to reinvent yourself over the course of the past year, year and a half. I, I think back to the um, pairing that you had with Brett Domino and kind of being one of Anthony Green's bitches, for lack of a better hey. term. And yet here you are. I the footage of this Alba Star Search video. <laughs> no, but but what I'm what <laughs> what I'm saying is you have kind of found yourself in a situation where you you reinvented yourself and you've made a name for yourself. What has that reinvention process been like for you, especially at a young age? And and how have you found success in that? Well, to me, you have to take every opportunity for what it is an opportunity. Um, and I was very, very young in uh, my career when Anthony Green, you know, kind of took me and Brett Domino under his wing in Limitless Wrestling. And I, I kind of th can't thank him enough for it because it opened my eyes to not only Limitless Wrestling, um, because I hadn't at that time, I hadn't traveled outside of Massachusetts as far as wrestling goes. Um, so it opened my eyes to limitless wrestling and it opened my eyes to, you know, different, different styles and being able to be a part of a match on the outside of the ring. And um, just kind of coming into playing different parts as far as the wrestling business goes. You know, I wasn't inside of the ring, you know, taking, but well, besides when I got uh clotheslined on the floor from ACE, but uh, you know, it, it, it helped a lot, you know, it helped me grow, but coming into, Coming into a new character, you know, things kind of ended abruptly with um, with Anthony Green because, you know, I got hurt and that it, the opportunity wasn't there anymore. And I came back because obviously he was on a different path to the top of Limitless Wrestling. But when I came back, I was going to make sure that I was still taking advantage of every opportunity that I got. You know, me and Brett, me and Brett got paired. When I came back, you know, I came back as, you know, the big surprise that looked like I was going to help out. Uh, you know, the uh, Platinum Honeys, but, you know, I end up choosing to side with Brett. And I thought, at the time, I thought it was a smart decision, but clearly uh, now I've chosen to go on my own, you know, coming to sure. my own where, you know, I've been around, I've been around for a while now and I've worked hard and I've always been here and I've always been able to provide exactly what's, uh, what's expected of me and even go beyond that. And that's what I'm trying to put across now. I'm done waiting. I'm done... Um, I'm done letting everybody else cut in line ahead of me. I'm taking my spot. Randy, you as a promoter have to face a pretty difficult challenge when you're trying to introduce new talent to your fans. And you see the promise in them. You see the talent in them. But maybe because the fans aren't familiar with them, that might be a bit more of a process. Why do you think pairing DL and Brett Domino together uh, was something that was effective and beneficial to them? Um, well, to be honest, like this, it, it was not really something that was in the game plan uh, moving forward with Anthony Green. We knew we were going to put people with him. Uh, the names and identities of those that were going to be with him were unknown for a little while. And I think it was uh, November of 2017, hybrid moments. Um, DL, I believe, was just there to get pictures done with Harry. Is that correct? Uh, AG kind of brought me up and kind of gave me like a, hey, there might be something, but yeah, I was just there to get pictures for Harry. 
Yeah, okay, because I, I literally, until that day, I don't believe I had met D.L. Hurst in my life. Um, AG vouched for both D.L. and Brett Domino very hard, as he did the previous month. And uh, Brett had already been kind of on our radar and had, like, at least hit us up to see about the potential of uh, getting future opportunities and had been coming to help out. And, uh, they were honestly, like, they were two guys who uh, we tried out with AG early on, and I think they were on some pre-show matches uh, in the months following just to kind of get a feel for where these guys were at. And um, I was honest with AG from the start, too. Like, if this if this wasn't something that fit, we were going to go back on it and we were going to kind of reevaluate the situation. But, um, you know, I, I trusted uh, the little that I had seen from Anthony Green in videos following and um, at, at least to give them, you know, hear it out, give them a shot. And uh, as, as DL said, like both of them stepped up to the plate. Um, they, they met the opportunity and they were able to uh, provide as best they could. And I, I thought I, I really loved the trio of Brett DL and Anthony green. I wish it could have kept going, but, uh, AG, like I, th this was the start of his retro character, basically everywhere else. The retro sexual was beginning. Uh, I think it was actually new years of 2018 when that all kicked in. So, uh, I wasn't sold on that. Like we talked about this with AG, what, like a month ago, uh, I was not sold on the retro sexual. I loved what we were doing in limitless and I loved the trio. And I think, like, if, if the injury hadn't happened, it probably would have continued at least to the end of the year. Um, but obviously, like, shit happens, and I think for everyone involved, probably worked out for the better. Um, you mentioned the, the moment with Ava Everett when you first came back, March of 2019. Uh, I loved that moment. I thought that was a fucking, a really cool way to come back. He was in the pre-show against Mark Sterling as a surprise. Uh, everyone was pulling for him. I think you, you'd only been back like a month at that point, I believe. Uh, and then uh, just just turns around and throws it right back in their face. And uh, I want to talk about this like time frame, I would say March to uh, about July here, where uh, we do try out the team of you and Brett again. I think we do a couple matches, a uh, match or two in Limitless and in Let's Wrestle. Uh, and it doesn't end up working out. Uh, how did you feel coming back into this tag team? Did you want to do something different on the return? Or uh, was it really just doing whatever was there? It wasn't necessarily that I wanted to do something different. Obviously, an op like I said, an opportunity is an opportunity. Um, but I don't feel I excel in tag teams. Or at least I haven't found that I excel in tag teams much. I kind of excel more when I'm on my own and able to get across what all like, like what I'm about on my own, essentially. Um, but I, like I said, I took it for what it was and tried to run with it. It just didn't work out. Why do you think that is though, where someone has to find that confidence somewhere, right? Like if you're in a tag team, you think of all the great tag teams, you can tell if someone is feeling it or if they're not feeling it. So what did it take for you to realize that and say, okay, I'm confident in my abilities to fly solo and excel at that? It was essentially just experiences both in that tag team and out elsewhere on my own. Um, you know, the I mean, you guys might not know it personally. I know, John, you've had experiences. And Randy, obviously, you have experiences through Limitless Wrestling. But when you, at the end of a match – you either feel really good about it or you're not sure. Or, I mean, I've had the very upset feeling a few times too, but I felt coming out of the tag matches very, you know, not sure about things. Um, not sure if it went well, not sure if everything we were trying to get across got across properly. But then I would go and have a singles match elsewhere and I'd feel great. You know, I, I hit all my points, you know, I, I felt I was getting across who I am and all I, was, all I was about. But meanwhile, as a tag team, I was kind of, you know, the serious guy that, you know, got shit done while Brett was the huge character, you know? Yeah, it's almost, I mean, I, I do feel like as a unit, you guys definitely fit very well, but I, I can definitely, like feel the disconnect that you kind of feel of just maybe being unsure like i i feel like sometimes um the the characters of youtube did not mesh a hundred percent when you were in the ring 
And uh, that's just fucking going to happen. You know, that's, that's, that's the way it goes sometimes in teams like that. Right. So who is D.L. Hurst then? D.L. Hurst, you know, I'm the dark horse, man. Uh, like I said earlier, I've been here for a while, you know. I always think back to, like, the 2007 Red Sox when, you know, obviously they won the World Series that year, but the MVP wasn't, you know, David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez of the season. It was Dustin Pedroia. Dustin Pedroia did everything that was asked of him and more that year, and he came out the MVP. The MVP. I might be wrong on the year, but he was the MVP of the entire American League while on the Red Sox. And he wasn't a star, but he was the dark horse of the entire thing. And that's what I am. I get exactly what I want to get done, done. You guys saw it recently in the pandemic of the dojo when I went, went up against Love Doug. I, I ran through him. You know, I might have hit a wall and ripped bison, but I ran through the competition as far as it's concerned, as far as I'm concerned. Well, it was Alex Rodriguez. It was the 2007 AL MVP, but that's okay. I won't hold it against you. <laughs> I knew you were. I won't hold it against you. Uh, listen, you're going to come at me with baseball. You know, that's, that's you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it back to you. But I get the point, and I, I like think that. That's a really good analogy. I think it's a like great that. analogy. Like, fuck, I, I, I wouldn't have even really like compared the two, but like, it, like now hearing that, it makes like a ton of sense. Well, it's kind of like, you, you hear AJ Styles talk about all the time, that pitbull character, right? There's a little bite to it. It's not something that. It's just given to you. You have to to take what you earn and you have to earn what you take. And I think that that is pretty representative of who you have become here. You're someone who takes advantage of opportunities like in the vacation land cup. Yep. And Randy, I know that was something that was really important to you because you were in a bind. The, the, The 2019 vacation land cup was just a disaster at all levels in the week leading up to it. Yeah. Everything was, was changing. That was one of the worst weeks of my life for sure. Um, but uh, in the end, I think that's one of the most meaningful shows in Limitless Wrestling history. Uh, I think a lot of people had some of the best matches in their Limitless careers on that night. Um, and just a few days before, uh, Big Bacon Brad Hollister goes down with an injury that puts him out for quite some time. He's obviously unable to uh, wrestle Ace Romero in the first round. And uh, D.L. Hurst was uh, first on the call, as suggested once again by Anthony Green. Um, and D.L. was able to make I, I remember he had to move some shit around, but he made it work and, and was able to get there. And uh, I think, t- to be honest, had, had a really like a match that made him to the Limitless Wrestling fans because uh the you know the direction especially since the comeback was a weird one because i mean we had uh the match with mark sterling then the the scuffle with ava everett we weren't able to have uh the tag team match that we wanted to at limitless wrestling which was dl and brett versus ag and evie and we were able to have that at let's wrestle luckily but uh i feel like it just kind of threw your direction off a little bit and uh like we had talked and I think we were, you know, planning to kind of start fresh with everything. Uh, no more tag teams. And uh, this was the way to do it. I mean, wh- what a way to do it against Ace Romero on short notice and uh, having a, a damn good match with him. How, how did you feel, I guess, getting the news? Um, how did you feel going into that match? And what are your thoughts coming out of it? So I'll tell like from start to finish, I guess, because my stuff, I don't know. It's crazy. I was at, the Beyond show that Brad got hurt at. Um, it was it was weird. It was it was a weird feeling like seeing someone get hurt because I, Brad is actually the person that I landed on when I broke my leg. No shit. I was Brett against him and his partner Hammer Tunis, and you know obviously I broke my leg and he you know was very very adamant of about getting in touch with me while I was hurt. You know, he wanted to make sure I was recovering okay and everything. And then months later, I'm at a show and he gets hurt. And, like, obviously, I'm the same way. You know, on top of him, like, hey, everything okay? Is there anything I can do? But I don't know. I think it was as the show ended, I checked my phone and there was a message from you 
um, saying, hey, uh, I heard what happened with Brad. Is there any way you can, you know, take his spot and go up against Ace? And um, in my head, I, I had a big, I had a, um, a big dilemma going through my head. Uh, you might have heard it. I know Brad has told the story a few times on a, a podcast or two, but I, uh, I didn't take it immediately. I saw the message from you. I kind of read it, thought about it, um, texted a few people, but I messaged Brad and I made sure it was okay with him because obviously he can't do anything about it. He's hurt and everything, but I don't want to be in my head at the time. I did not want to be the person that took his spot if he was going to hold any grudge against me for it because he earned that spot. It's, there, there's a reason he was in that spot to begin with, you know? Um, and I didn't want to be the person that took, like that replaced him, even though it was taken away from him. So I had to message him and make sure it was okay. And he kind of just said, you know, F you go right ahead. I don't know why you wouldn't, but like, even to this day, he holds me in very high regard for even contacting him about it. So I know I did the right thing in asking him. Um, and as you said, I moved a few things around, but I made it happen because I wasn't going to miss an opportunity at the vacation link up. I wasn't going to miss an opportunity to wrestle in front of the limitless fans and, you know, kind of reestablish who I was. And that's who I, that's exactly what I planned going into it. Um, now fast forward to the day of, you know, I got there, I was excited, nervous, didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Um, but I mean, I, I've watched the match back. Uh, many times um i think i got exactly what i wanted to get across across and uh the limitless fans definitely appreciated it and uh, it's i don't know i've thanked you a million times over i believe randy already but thank you for having that faith in me um i know that week leading up to it was hell but having the faith in me for that spot and being able to to deliver um I, I just really appreciate it. I You don't have to thank me. You made my life 20 times easier. And, like, the thing about it, too, is, um, like, Vacation Land Cup is kind of one of our big events of the year. Um, and I just – I hoped and I, I, I felt confident. But, like, I honestly, up to that point, I feel like you – hadn't really had your breakout performance and i had seen you having like very fucking good matches uh but i I feel like that night was your breakout performance and it really uh opened not only to me but i think to the fans like opened everybody up to just showing them how much you can do and how versatile you can really be right that was the moment that i said okay this guy's a player and (laughs) i think that's important and then you get a chance to build off it you get some good reps and let's wrestle as well where maybe you move a little higher up the card and all in all i think you're building a name for yourself in limitless Uh, what are your goals right now in limitless limitless wrestling uh my uh i think i made it obvious in the uh, pandemic at the dojo i want that limitless wrestling world championship what would it mean for you to have to go through your old mentor um you know, me, me and uh, me and AG have become pretty close over the past, you know, however many years I've been involved in wrestling now. Um, he's given me a lot of opportunities, obviously, including um, bringing me to Limitless, you know, getting my name out there, other places as well. You know, he brought me up to Maine. And I, Randy, you were there. I, I got to wrestle AG in Maine, like in one of my first shows that I got yeah. a singles match up there. And um it went tremendous. And I think that really, um, really confirmed the faith that he had in me to a point. And, you know, being able to a have an opportunity to go up against him for the limitless wrestling world championship would mean a lot, but being able to kind of not necessarily pack the torch or whatever it may be, but be able to be, the torch bearer for a company like limitless wrestling would be huge and having ag to not necessarily go through but you know propel me to that spot would be would mean the world 
You got your new flag bearer there, Randy. He says he hey. wants he says he wants the ball and he's gonna score. Hopefully he doesn't become Matt Hasselbeck. <laughs> uh, I definitely think like uh, DL's in the long term plans for uh, both Limitless Wrestling and Let's Wrestle moving forward. And I could I could honestly see him and I don't mean to compare the two with them being so close, but uh, I could honestly see him having a similar trajectory to Anthony Green being someone who kind of popped onto the scene of Limitless Wrestling unannounced and really unknown and uh, kind of makes themselves into a fan favorite. Not only that, but a star for the promotion. Like I, uh, I think we'll be seeing a lot of DL moving forward for sure. And you can see a lot of DL in the gym these days too, because you tweeted it out recently. You got your personal training cert- certification. Uh, how, how did how did that come about? Why was that something that you wanted to do? And how does that feel being able to make a positive impact on others? So, I mean, the process of going through with it was uh, was pretty tough, actually. So I've never been one that's, like, good at school. You know, I graduated high school, um, you know, pretty good grades. like. But once it became an option, my mind kind of was like, hey, you don't need to do this. You could go work and earn money and, you know, kind of go at it the hard way as opposed to, you know, going to college, which to me, honestly, going to college would have been the hard way. Um, But I kind of landed myself in a good job not going to college and everything. But fast forward to recently, I signed up. Well, sorry, I was working at a bank. And, you know, I got – not necessarily sick of it, but I knew I needed a change if I was going to put more effort into wrestling. You know, it, it, it takes a lot of effort. You know, if you're going to go full force into wrestling, it takes a lot of effort, time, and everything. So I needed that change. So I got a job at a gym. And it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of options as far as working at a gym goes. You know, opening a gym, you're the first person that most people see during their day. You know, I get there at 4.30 in the morning. Everyone comes in like a zombie. Hey, how's it going? But I'm somehow able to be really excited and everything in the morning, even though it's 4.30 in the morning. Um, And they love that. And the coaches at my gym saw that. So they wanted to, you know, kind of push me to get my certification. So I signed up. And over, over the last few months, I've been studying and, you know, putting my effort towards it. But... I've been, I haven't been able to truly focus because, I don't know, throughout my life it's just been a trouble of mine. But uh, last Tuesday, I went into the exam, you know, kind of confident, kind of, you know, I, there's all, I can always retake the test or whatever else. But I went in, passed it on the first try, and, you know, here I am. At, and now I have a job lined up. So I'm training, and when everything opens up, I should be – you know, full-time making, you know, personal trainer money, which, you know, isn't that great, but it's more than I make now. So, so why do you, why do you want to help people become better? Oh, it's great. Uh, like the satisfaction of being able to help people with anything, you know, I've worked in customer service most of my adult life and being able to find solutions to problems is always very satisfying for me. Um, I know it's been it's been told to me in training and all that other stuff, but like, if you can have someone leave the conversation with you better than they came in, it's a positive, and that's kind of how I live with it. But being able to better people in a very different way, being a personal trainer, is going to be beneficial because not only is it you know a service that everybody might need, but it's very you know the results are visible as opposed to, you know, a smile and then you leave and somebody else makes you mad. Now you'll be able to see someone getting healthier, getting fitter and, you know, benefiting all around because you're going to experience less stress, less pretty much everything negative in your life if you're healthier and, and, you know, just in general. Well, one way you can help us out here today on the Limitless Wrestling Podcast is by answering some fan questions. Are you feeling up to it? Of course I am. Okay. Well, this one I've been excited to ask you about because I cannot believe the content that Limitless Wrestling is putting out right now. Jeremy would like to know, would you ever enter Danger Kid's Kitchen for a cook-off? Because if you missed it this week, he and Rip Bison did a meatball cook-off. 
uh, DK cooked Gushers meatballs. Ooh. And Rip Bison, I believe, Randy, if I'm not mistaken, used thumbtacks. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, definitely uh, out of the ordinary for uh, Rip Bison. But, I mean, the, the Gusher meatball was kind of a hit uh, for those that tried it. It looked like <laughs> bread to me. So, Jeremy wants to know, would you ever enter into the dojo for a kickoff? Oh, for of a course. Cook-off? Of course, I make a mean burger. So burger, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe that'll be one thing we can put together. Okay. What What would yeah, be on your ideal burger? I'm not letting you know. Well, it's all about the execution. It's not so much about the. Very true. Very true. One minute, one minute on high on one side. Flip it. One minute on high on that side. Let it simmer on medium for about two minutes on each side. After that, but I'm not letting you know what I'm putting in. Okay, but you are seasoning it, correct? All right. You gotta tune in for that. You are you are gonna season it? Maybe not. Oh, Jonathan Jesus. Alba. Oh my what is wrong with I enjoy is, using your full name, Jonathan. How do you even know that that's my full name? What what else would it be? Jonifer? My full name is the Emmy Award winning John ah. Alba. Ah. Got it. Yes. Yeah, that's birth certificate right there, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> It certainly is. Uh, Randy, do you think DL would have what it takes to take down DK in the kitchen? Uh, yeah, it depends on who the judges are, but if they're not fucking lunatics, uh, I'm <laughs> sure that many people will not vote for the uh, gusher meatball. But I guess with the opposition it had, maybe it won. But I don't know. I, I think DL could cook a better burger. I think that's for sure. Yeah, baby. One thing you may not know about me is that I love cooking, and I would anxiously await that opportunity to take on DK and Nobody shot. wants to eat a burger with an Emmy Award in it. Well, no, yeah. No, no one does Disgusting. That. No. See, I, like, 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 a, <laughs> like a sane human, I season my food. I make sure it's clean. I, I don't put thumbtacks in it. So, whatever. That's a plus. It is a plus. <laughs> anyway, you should go check that out on Limitless Wrestling's social media channels because Danger Kid is crazy. And so are you, because I'm going to ask you this question. This is coming from me. What is the craziest bump you've taken in a pro wrestling match? Uh, Besides getting hurt? But, like, obviously you you got hurt, like, gnarly. But, I mean, like, one that you were able to walk away from and be like, whoa, how Um, did I survive that? um, So I haven't really got – I mean, you always have the opportunity to take a crazy bump. You can do whatever you want in wrestling, really. But I don't – I nothing, like – pops into my head right away but one of my first shows as uh, a part of ag's group you know i think it was the street fight between ag and jt yes. i think mm-hmm. yep uh when ace when ace came out at the end of the match and he clotheslined me and uh me and brett to the ground and you know i just went into it hey i'm gonna take a clothesline but it ended up I took a high bump on hardwood. Yeah. Not great. I bet that wasn't great. I had another answer for you. That's like a, it's not really a, a a bump as much as it is a moment, but how about you catching that fucking falling cage with a broken leg? Oh yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was great. Like, oh man, I was, so I had, it, it wasn't like, I had broken my leg less than two weeks ago, like when this happened, because I still had the soft cast on. And I was sitting front row, you know, talking trash, whatever the hell. And in my head, I was like a good distance away from the action. So I could be, you know, be myself, but, you know, not be in too much danger, you know, not have somebody hit me by accident, anything bad happen. Um, Lo and behold, I was... (laughs) I happened to be right on the side that the cage uh, fell and I see it coming. I see them in front of me and I kind of just instinctively was like, nope, I'm not going to let this hit my leg. So I stuck my hand up and, you know, just grabbed the top of the cage. And it was, I don't know, it was just perfect timing, I guess, where, you know, Ace was there, Quinn was there, AG was there. And it just, I put just enough uh, grip or strength or whatever into it where it just, stuck right on my hand and i was just like ah, i can breathe again (laughs) 
it is one of the more surreal moments in Limitless Wrestling history. That is for sure, and you were part of it. Uh, Alexis wants to know, or uh, this is a talk about questions. Here, here's here's a grilling right here. Okay, in journalism, okay. we don't ask talk about questions because saying talk about is not a question; it is a statement. So here's mm-hmm. I will rephrase this so to save Alexis's reputation here. <laughs> What are your best and worst wrestling road trip experiences? Hmm. Best and worst road trip wrestling experiences. I don't think I've had a bad one. Um, At least nothing that pops into my head. One of, well, one of, if not the best road trip wrestling experience was I went up to Canada with Puff and Kevin Blackwood. And, like, I drove from a Beyond Wrestling show to Buffalo to meet up with them. And then we rode up to uh, uh, Barrie, Barrie, Ontario. And on the way there, I got to, you know, I was in the passenger seat. And I got to, you know, DJ and put on some songs. And we got to listen to a little bit of Daughtry. It was great. I forgot how much of a Daughtry fan you are. Big Daughtry fan. Where did that Where did that start? Um, so my mom's just, when I was younger, when Daughtry was like the big thing, that's all my mom listened to. So I was kind of forced to listen to it. And that's how I've been growing up. Like if I don't like a certain type of music or a certain artist or whatever, if you play it enough, I will start to enjoy it because I start to like learn the words and I appreciate music. So uh, another example of that is my little brother was super into country music and he would just play it all day. So eventually I started to enjoy it. And now I oh, yeah. do it almost on a daily basis. That's amazing. I had no idea. I wouldn't have yeah. either. I'm a big country music fan. Oh, it's great. I went to, I think it was 2018. I went to like four country concerts. It was oh, great. Hell yeah. They're, they're a wild experience tailgating at one is even like it's better than <laughs> that's living the full experience it is riding with puff must must be an experience as well oh it's fantastic we got we went to toys r us we um we got we just told stories and everything i i got to know them real well on that trip and like i appreciate them for like a allowing me to come into that trip because they kind of um them and daniel garcia kind of put my name out there to come up to that area with them um they put a lot of faith in my name and i feel like i i um kind of helped out with that because i went up there and wrestled mark wheeler and he's another guy that's you know very impressive i'd never met him before before that like meeting him at the show and he he was exactly what i should have expected out of you know someone that i was going to wrestle he was he was good Alex asks, how do you feel the performance art side of pro wrestling will have changed in five years? In five years? Like, hmm. Well, think how different it is from even five years ago. Five years ago, any of these cinematic matches would have looked heinous. It would have been heinous. You know, we, we hadn't seen the final deletion yet or any of that stuff. That's true. That's true. So, I don't know. In I hope... I hope a lot of uh, promotions lean towards this, but recently I've seen a lot of wrestling matches where the camera quality is that of a movie. Like one of the matches, I forget what promotion it was, but one of the matches on the, the black lives matter stream that was on uh, last week on IWTV, the camera quality and just uh, that in defy defy wrestling. I believe it's out in Seattle. All of their matches and how the camera is moving and how like the different angles they get and the lighting, it just looks it looks like they're filming a movie. And watching those matches, it just comes across as like this big deal. Even if it's not, it just comes across as so much bigger when you're watching it back, I feel like. Um, just because of the camera quality. So maybe it starts leaning that way, or maybe it starts leaning towards somewhere else, but all I can say is it's going to change a lot, just like it has in the past five years, 10 years, and 20 years. Well, Limitless Wrestling tried to do a cinematic match between Zach Byrne and Eric Johnson, but the problem was Eric Greenleaf got in the way. Oh, boy. 
So. <laughs> Gotta live the gimmick, man. Uh, Tony asks, what was the hardest ring rust to knock off when coming back from your injury? Comfortability. Sorry about answering that really quickly. Um, but comfortability, um, getting a sense of ring awareness back, and just confidence because I'd been out for, I don't know, I think it was like six or seven months, whatever it may have been. And, you know, I wasn't too sure of myself, you know. I was on an upward trajectory when the injury happened, but it was it wasn't exactly where I wanted to be, you know. I still had more work to do. I still had some climbing to do to where I wanted to be at that point, and suddenly it was cut short. So going back and, like, having to reestablish – my comfortability, my, my getting my feet under me, that was definitely the most difficult because that's the most difficult part, I think, when you start wrestling. Now, I got one for you here from Ethan Scott, ring announcer. Okay. And I want you to be careful with how you answer this because whenever this kind of thing is usually approached on this podcast, these people end up showing up in Limitless Wrestling. They- <laughs> Name a random wrestler you've always been a fan of because Randy would always talk about Trevor Murdoch. He shows up. I'd talk about Gangrel. He shows up. So who's a random wrestler you've always been a fan of? Well, I think Randy knows where I'm going about this because I tweeted about him. I think it was last night. And oh, hell yeah. It. Um, but if this person was ever to show up in a Limitless Wrestling show and I wasn't wrestling them, I would be visibly sad. Not upset, not mad, visibly sad. Like, I'd be falling. Shelton Benjamin. Okay. So, in 2004, when he was drafted to Raw, instantly a huge fan because they did it right. They brought him in. They brought him in as an underdog, and he beat the top guy on Raw. He beat Triple H. I was instantly behind him. Fast forward a few months, they bring him in as the they, – they put him in a match against Randy Orton, and he wins the Intercontinental Championship, and he holds it – for over a year. For over a year. Or if not, almost a year. I apologize if I got the dates wrong. But the end, uh, and I don't th- I haven't told many people about this, but the end of that title reign, or yeah, that title reign came when Carlito debuted from SmackDown to Raw. And he came in, uh, it might have been the draft or a trade or whatever, but he beat Shelton Benjamin. And I sobbed. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I sobbed. I was like, I, I don't. I forget how old I was. I think it was, I don't know, twelve or 13, however old I was. But I was sobbing because a fictional character in the WWE lost a title. For like, my, it happens. For my money, Shelton Benjamin will go down as one of the biggest missed opportunities in pro wrestling history. The same. Yeah. 100%. There was a point where he was almost on a limitless show. This would have been the year before he got like resigned. Tell us, WWE. tell us that like, story. It was, it was probably six months before that. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell us uh, that story. It's not a huge story with it. I mean, I got the. Uh, I saw that there were two people who I knew who were wrestling on a show with Shelton Benjamin in New York. So uh, one of them got his information for me. Uh, exchanged uh, an email or two with his agent, and the, it was literally just a problem with dates. Um, the only he was only accepting bookings for another two months at that point, which kind of gave you an idea that something was up. But uh, we only had two events in that time frame, and neither of them were going to match up with his schedule. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, so that stinks. But I, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility of happening one day. I don't think so either. It, it all depends on obviously what happens with him. I'd love him to have a job for life, but uh, of course, you never know. Um, if you were back on the independence again, it's surely someone who I'd try to get for something. If if not wrestling a match, maybe an appearance in a, in a seminar with the students, but uh, something. I mean, he, he's been a low key favorite of mine. He's in that Trevor Murdoch category of uh, legitimately being probably someone in my top five or ten. And uh, it's just like a random guy to some people, but he's, he's an incredible athlete. Just And uh, fuck, I, I think him and Charlie Haas are one of the best tag teams of that decade. For real. Oh, easily. What and he still got it. He's he still yeah, got it. He's untouchable. He does still have it. He had a great theme song that they took away, unfortunately. Oh, my God, yeah. Even Mama Benjamin, that was funny. Of course you thought it was funny. 
I'm, I have Nine no doubt. Benjamin. I'm going to push for it. I have no doubt you were all in on Mama Benjamin. I have no <laughs> doubt about that. That was like right around when I first started watching it. Of course it was. So I was into it. And it was like, they had like a brick in the purse, right? Yeah, yeah. It was all for heat. And and it was the demasculation of Shelton Benjamin after this badass run that he had. And, and of course, Randy was on board with that. No doubt. Yeah. How'd you feel about Heidenreich, wow. Randy? Were you a big Heidenreich fan, too? I hated Heidenreich. Okay. Well, no, fuck Heidenreich. <laughs> Who else uh, some of your favorites from that era, DL? Um... So growing up, I was super into Stone Cold, you know, Jeff Hardy, The Rock. But looking back, like now I look back at certain wrestlers and I'm like, wow, they were really, really good. Like I look back at JBL's title run. And oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's heel perfection. Like obviously it started off with the matches with Eddie. But even after that, he just played it perfectly. He was you know, when he needed to, he was that tough, like that tough son of a bee. But like, at the at first, he he was also like a chicken shit heel, even though he was six foot five, almost three hundred pounds. Yep, he had the cabinet with him. Like, yeah, there was every every ounce of heat that he could possibly get, he was striving to get, and that's like something that I feel like in that era, even even in today, like doesn't happen a ton. So you have to kind of appreciate. Uh, the talents who are kind of willing to take the next step, even if it's uh, sometimes it's a misstep, but you don't know unless you try, I suppose. Of course, and I, I'd be uh, I'd be upset with myself if I didn't mention this, but also Edge, you know, yeah. opportunist, all that stuff, but like the rated R stuff, even Edge and Christian, him coming back this year. Ugh. Next thing you know, the Basham brothers are going to be showing up in Limitless Wrestling all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't need the Basham brothers. Like, I, you know, I, I just I don't think they're going to be wrestling the mainstay posse or something. <laughs> did they have no, the greatest? No shade to the Bashams, but I just uh, I don't know what they're doing recently. Did they have the greatest wrestling match ever, in your guys' opinion? Uh, I'll be honest, I've yet to watch. Hurst? Uh, Wait. Oh, 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 oh. So, uh, for a second, I didn't know what you were talking about. I was about, not talking about the Bashams. Right. No, that's where I thought you were going. <laughs> and I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> um, I've watched some of it. Um, and it it was good, but I have, I'd have i have to finish watching it because I'd, I've heard very good things about it. I felt like pulling a Conrad Thompson there for a second and saying, Randy, what's your favorite Basham Brothers match of all time? Yeah, the last one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We got our last question here coming to you from uh, Dylan Nix of the Dojo. Mm -hmm. When wrestling returns, what fresh faces on the Limitless or Let's Wrestle roster would you like to face? To, to be honest, everybody. You know, being at the pandemic of the Dojo, a lot of people impressed me. You know, a lot of the students of the Dojo and a lot of the people coming into Limitless Wrestling lately have been nothing but impressive you know i've been able to wrestle like i know warhorse has been in limitless a couple times you know he's got a lot of steam behind him but i've been able to wrestle him you know once and be around him and just like kind of learn a lot about him and I, I mean i would love to face him in limitless on that stage and manders he's a huge he's a huge person i'd like to wrestle because um i haven't touched on it yet but before all this happened like I don't know, a month or so before, I went over to AIW to, you know, go um, take part in one of their tryouts. And I ended up being on the main show, and a lot of it was because of the was because of the push from some of the wrestlers in the back. You know, some of the wrestlers that had wrestled over here and, you know, seen me wrestle and heard my name and all that stuff. You know, Manders, is, Manders was one of the big, big pushers, him, Dominic Rainey. Um, they helped me in that spot, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. Randy, any uh, opponents that you would love to see him go toe-to-toe? -to -toe? I'm actually really curious about this, too. Uh, immediately coming to mind is Daniel Garcia. For Hell yeah! Limitless. Um, I, I was thinking that before you know everything got shut down. That was one in the back of my head that I'd like to see soon. Uh, I'd love to see a rematch with Alec Price on the Limitless stage instead of Let's Wrestle. Mm -hmm. um, I think with more time letting you guys loose, I think it would be a very fun collision. 
looking at Let's Wrestle, uh, I would uh, I'd love to see you wrestle one of our students, Dave Dyer. I feel like it could <laughs> can be you kick a, his uh, ass, a pretty please? big learning experience for the old Belfast Bulldog. Can, can you just humiliate him, please? Oh boy. Maybe John, <laughs> Maybe Dyer. that's the first match you're my manager. Maybe. Huh? <laughs> Listen. Oh, 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 and how could I forget uh, <laughs> DL and Mac Daniels? I, oh, there it is. I really think you and Mac Daniels would tear it down. Of course we would. And, again, I think you would find some mutual respect for one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I, think the opportun- I think the opportunities would be endless. I feel you. Just I'm saying. right there with you. Okay. Hear that, Randy? Pick a winner, John. Well, listen, with all, <clears throat> with all due respect, you know the answer here. You know who it is. God. <laughs> Just saying. Mm-hmm. He is DL Hurst. If you really, I mean, that is not something that is that is hard for me to do here, Randy. No, no, we're good. On it's music not this week. You sure? Because like I, I like have it ready to go right now. I'm sure you do. No, I literally have it ready to go. But he is DL Hurst. Uh, he joined us here on the Limitless Wrestling Podcast this week. DL, where can people find you on social? On Instagram and Twitter, it is DL underscore wrestles because, you know, I wrestle. Um, and on Facebook, it's DL Hurst. Just, I think there's two periods in between the DL or whatever. Um, yeah, follow me, add me. I'll talk to you. That's quite the pitch right there. Dude, I'll talk to I'm you. an entertaining person. Yeah. I like talking to people. You are. You are an entertaining person. Randy, anything else you want to add here? Well, John, no, you really I, I like me. Good. Uh, enjoyed having you for a conversation. Uh, uh, we should not wait as long as we did last time to have you again. Yes, please. I'd love to do. Um, I know you're doing watch alongs lately, but like, I'd love to be able to do a watch along or two with you guys, like with the ace match, with maybe one of the matches I was involved with AG with, you know, something like that. It'd be fun. Let's do it. Um, maybe we could get AG on as well and kind of do a couple matches, talk about the, uh, the evolution of everything. Mm-hmm. I'd love it. I think the fans would love it. And we loved having you here on the Limitless Wrestling Podcast. And because Randy asked so kindly, don't forget, check out everything on Limitless Wrestling social media. Danger Kid, he's in the kitchen. And well, here's the real star. And Jonathan is not. Enough of this.